You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Go ahead, stand your stand your stand your stand your stand your stand your Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ad Space. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman, but with me, the actual host, the real actual host of Ad Space. The most delicious name in podcasting. Elise Bacon. How are you? Hello! And we're using my Twitch channel to actually show this live. Absolutely. Because we're fancy like that. And we didn't give you guys any warning about this. So now you'll have to follow my Twitch channel to see if you can catch us live or not. Because who knows when we're going to do this. There you go. We are live on. We are live on TV. How about that? A uh, kind of TV is Twitch. Yeah, it is Twitch.tv. When the world, when society collapsed in March, a um, TV, television became an amorphous, fluid concept. So um, Twitch would qualify as television, considering the amount of time we're on it, watch it, or relate to it, where its hosts are becoming commonly um, known American celebrities. So yes, I guess that's how that works. It's- and then we have our longtime guest co-hosts long time guest hosts ghost is that the ghost the ghost the ghost the ghost uh we have sir justin permanent guest that i think that's the the term we agreed on permanent Permanent guest guest. like i can't remember it like what is this how does this work yeah i'm just you know what um I am akin to the father that shows up and you have fun when he's there, but then he leaves you for months on end and you're like, dang, he's never around. Then he shows up again. And it's like, yeah, hey, things are good. Then he's gone for another six months. It's kind of like that. I don't, I don't no, that's, that It's not like that at all. You're much more responsible than that. Yeah. You would. Like, <laughs> what? It would be more like the father that um, that uh, you just kind of see silently picking up the child from school and then during the parent-teacher meeting and all the parents are there and then some of the white parents are like worried about violence around the neighborhood and then you stand up and deliver a rousing three-minute speech about the difference between um, working-class black people and black people from the movies that you think you're seeing because you're racist fucks and then everyone claps and then you become Dylan's dad, the one that gave the speech. That's more like what you're doing. Um, I don't know what you brought up there. That's wild. That's 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 not what we, that's not what you're doing. Thank you. So okay. Right. At this was yeah, this was pre preschool. So I'm dropping Jonathan off for school, right? And I have my Black Heroes Matter shirt on because it it was a shirt. I just grabbed a shirt and you know dropping kid off at school. One of the parents was like, that shirt should say. Black fathers are heroes because you're a hero. And I was like, oh, the cringe. (laughs) Like, the mere fact that I exist and I exist around Jonathan, I get credit for doing the most basic things. It's like, you took your son to the store today. Good (laughs) father. (laughs) Yay, taking your child to the store. Nicely done, Dad. Good work. I'm like, what are you trying to say about black dads? That's rude. I'm, I'm like, oh, you racist, well-meaning white person. 
I'm just don't have the energy for this right now. Going back home. Yeah. Because you're 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 and you're you're not you're not an absentee dad. So that metaphor, we're gonna we're gonna have to adjust the metaphor. We'll develop it over time. So we also have another guest. Fifteenth guest. The host of the critically acclaimed, Grammy nominated Black Astronauts Podcast podcast. I would like to I would like to claim the third seat as the rotating seat, and I will claim it for this week. I am in the third rotating guest. I'm the guest of the guest of the guest. How about that? It's Aaron Bapp, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, sir? Words! Words. Words They mean things. Words mean things. Did you guys know that? Oh, you know, I keep trying to tell people this, and they don't believe me. Uh, Shocked, really. I'm really shocked. I don't believe you. Well, I know you don't believe me. You don't believe me ever because you're a man. Wait, what? <laughs> mm. Told you they were spicy today, man. Well, that don't make no damn sense. What? Yeah, just, just roll with it. Just roll it with made it. Perfect sense to me. What? Told you, bacon's bacon spicy today. Well, I ain't do nothing. Bacon is popping out the pan. But I, 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 I live. I, I ain't been on if the you thing. Did something, and you didn't notice. I ain't do shit. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I ain't do shit. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a deny anything, any claims of anything, and I'll go on Twitter and I'll argue. I'll go on my men's rights Facebook group. And I'll argue some. <laughs> I'm tired of this shit. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I deserve better. God damn it. All right. So there's a program here. Um. The sure the title here the 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 title of um uh, oh, like the, the the docket here just has um Quora is better than the last Airbender spray painted on it like NWO. However, yeah. before we get to that, it's a total conversation that has very little to do with me, the fake host of ADD Space. We do have to take a moment to acknowledge the announcement of the PlayStation Five. What it will have, when it'll be out, what it looks like. The the Kaiba Station Five. There's a lot of jokes going around about how it looks, and all of them hit because it looks weird. And uh, yes, is it, it is it me or does that thing look very large? Like oh no, it's it's probably tall as fuck. It looks like a Netgear router. Right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. It, it, it it's one of the things that I didn't realize. Like, um, it's kind of it's why I always say that like you know people try to hold that up against the Xbox, and I say I don't think Microsoft is is competing with Sony the way you think they are, as they are trying to become a nondescript box in your house that exists in the shadows that you just re up every few years. And yes. I'm like, and this is kind yeah. of the point is that play, Sony is trying to make something that looks like something that people would notice that would dazzle the audience as they go by and catches the eye in a classic game console sense. That's kind of my point is they're not, they're no longer competing the same way. And they're not competing for the same thing the same way anymore. And this is wait, very. Wait, did I not just say, did I not say before that we're kind of done with console wars as we know it well, because think, they're all fucking doing different things right 
well, it's something that's worth repeating because whenever because the first thing that happens when they discuss new consoles is um, they immediately hold them up together, even though they're actively trying to do different things. Like there's the whole, you know, um, why Sony's presentation was better than uh, Microsoft's announcement um, thing. There is the which console is more powerful argument is which console looks better thing. And I'm like, they're not they're no longer in the same race. They're no longer trying to sell us the same product anymore, actually. Yeah, so, they're all completely different products. Right. And like as completely a, different goals. Right. And as a result, because if you, you know, the, the arguments rage on strangely between grown ass people. Um, it's important for us to point out that they're no longer in competition with each other the same way. They're all selling cars, well, but they're selling different cars to different people for different reasons from different regions. Yeah, this this whole console war thing ended when Game Pass came out. Microsoft became a software company at that moment. They don't care where you get them games. No, Microsoft's goal was always to be a software company. Yeah, they don't care about your hardware. Their entire goal was to integrate all their products together so that you could use them together and rely on them. That has been their goal from the... That's the entire reason I want the Xbox. It's because it's going to sync with my computer better. And especially with Game Pass and now they also make it so that some games that you own on Xbox, you can own on your, you own it on your PC as well. Like, I I I have to get an Xbox. Right. <laughs> it's one of those things where people ask me about why, like, because I just like officially like Xbox better. But it's like there's no. I always tell people just infrastructure. Like that's it. Like it's the only console I've ever played in my life that is aware of how my home setup is completely and also aware that i'm poor like no one like no one has held my hand harder during this pandemic than microsoft and <laughs> continues to hold my hand is like yo man you, yo man i need you home man yo listen we got 140 games on sale 60 percent off this week all right man all right cool hey 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 hey, hey hold, on, hold on hold on hold on before you leave before you leave um also it's a dollar a month if you want to get on game pass for the first six months all right man all right cool hold on hold on but, but, but hold on hold on hold on don't close the door don't close the door don't close the door don't close the door um, I, but if you want to get Game Pass right an Xbox for the year, though, it's like it's like 30 bucks, though, right now. Just, just right now. you can skip I, it. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like Squeenix straight up was sending me emails going, stay inside. Here's some games for 70 percent off. And I'm like, right. Fuck you, Squeenix. I was so angry at you for so long. And now you're like, like, they're literally like, everyone, we really need you to stay safe and we need you to stay inside. Here's how we're going to help you stay inside. Right. And they they actually put the hashtag stay home play games. Right. Yeah. Like that was that was Square Enix and they post and on top of that they started doing thirst trap artwork on Twitter of Einsteinian from Final Fantasy 14 and I'm seriously like what what is happening? Right, we need you alive. Say thank you Jared. Jared's in the chat room and he's like we need you alive to uh pay your monthly fee and absolutely <laughs> you don't stay home one way or another you're either gonna stay home playing these games or stay home looking at thirst traps but you're gonna stay home right. you just got a volume boost right so. <laughs> you know every, like like the right. it's like your your microphone you know, was just like, like yes like the, it's like you believe that <laughs> you right. are right oh god okay, the 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 boom and the the base has gone down, uh, but yeah, nah, like, no. Nope. Nope. You're all the way up. No, he's fine. He's fine on the recording. Okay. 
So it's all good. But I'm not. Is he hurting uh, your ears? Mm-hmm. Up to you. Yeah. Right, it's well. okay. Okay. What were you saying, Jason? No, I was saying that what, one thing that I do appreciate the, the different companies doing during this time is throwing everything on sale and be like, look, just stay home. Here's some good stuff on sale. Um, they threw The Witcher on sale. They threw Dragon Age on sale. They're like, look, just stay home. This shit is serious. Stay home. Stay your butt at home. I just paid $5. I just paid $5 for 1,700 games from Itch. It's like, I think it's up to like 500 games at this point. For the Black Lives Matter bundle, I just bought it for like 5 or $10. I don't even know how many games it is at this point. Because games are very cheap right now. Because they want you to stay your ass home. Yep. Well, also... They're also trying to bait you. Like, I, Epic Games, I see the vision. I know the fucking vibes. Um, you give mm-hmm. out a game every now and then. It's like, cool, free game. And it's like, well, while you're here with this free game, check out our library. This is what we have in our library. Don't you like our library? Don't you want more games? I see the vision. I, I know I know how the game works. The first hit is free. Like, <laughs> all, all economics and all capitalism can be explained through drug dealing. It's all the same principles. You win. Why drug dealing works so well. So, okay. Slight deviation. <laughs> I, do, I do wonder about our pharmaceutical contractors during this time <laughs> with social distancing and the Rona. I think they're going back to the uh, black cars. But see, that's the thing. I, the exchange has to happen up close. I'm not trying to get close to anybody during this time. So how does that work? Well, I Because have- I... No, no, they're probably what they're probably doing is being like they're probably setting up like little libraries in their front yards. I mean, <laughs> I've se- I mean, I've I've seen, I've heard stories of um um Actually, I've actually that's actually a thing that happens. People use their little like tiny libraries in their front yards is Really? It's very innovative. Huh. Yeah, I don't think you can keep. I don't think you can keep amateur, um, amateur pharmaceutical companies down. I trust that they've made their proper adjustments. I mean, you know, are they amateurs then? Um, because they're not generating billions of dollars or scamming people. The professional pharmaceutical, the professional comes from the scamming, the <laughs> high-grade scamming. Process. Yes. So. So, but uh, back to the the main topic. I think you both nailed it. I don't know what people want when it comes to like the whole console war thing. I'm like, they do different things. They have different games. Most of the games you're going to play are going to be on both anyways. So they just want to be the very best that no one ever was. Is, is, you know what is I, I want to be on the team. I want to be on the winning team. I got to call it out. Because console, there was a time, the reason why the console wars happened was back in the day when game consoles were very much like elections, like presidential elections in and of themselves. When you were a kid, you had to get a game console. You bartered with your parents, you did good in school, you got lucky, you had an aunt, you did a thing. And they gave you a game console and you had a choice. And very rarely did you have access to both. So when you made a decision... It was legitimately set in stone. You were getting, say, a Super Nintendo or a Genesis, but not both. And you had to sit with that for half a decade. 
So it was a hard decision. And much like American politics right now, <laughs> you have to um, argue your point uh, with, peer, uh, with peers. And I think that conditioned us well past the age where we could get both game consoles at some point um, to argue about the validity of our choice of game console in a very, ju- in a very juvenile manner. Like, I think there's something to that. Right. We carry that trauma with us of having, say, because I got a Super Nintendo. Like, I had a choice between a Genesis and a Super Nintendo, and I chose Super Nintendo, and I chose wrong. As I think back on my childhood, I made the wrong choice. I was jealous of every single major Genesis game. I love the console. I love the plastic. I love the controller. I love the way the buttons tapped. I fucked up. I should not have gotten a Super Nintendo. And I had to work hard to avoid the Genesis after a while just to stop, just to deal with my own shame. And when I'd argue with people, I would argue I was arguing from the wrong position. I was trying to find out, you know, Super NCNAs had brighter colors and a little higher resolution. So I had to argue stupid nonsense that really I fucked up. And I think that energy, we all wind up having to do it as kids. And we take that with us when we're adults. And, zero agrees with everybody. Uh, hello, zero. Zero is the official, the official barking puppy of unreasonable he's, Fridays. He's he's the official excited puppy of right. UNF. Yes. So I think we take <laughs> that. Well, you're a major podcast. You have an official puppy. Right. We have an official puppy and an official cat. We're in there. The turtle doesn't care enough. He he he's, he doesn't care. I mean, he does look. A like lion turtle would care. A what? The lion turtle definitely would care. Oh yeah, but not the turtle. Turtle. He he he's old and he doesn't. He has no fucks to give to anybody. Not even to me. Yeah, it sounds about right. Although he's still precious. He's a precious bean. Um, wow. One of our illustrious fans basically said the console wars slid into cell phones, and I can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah no, it did. It, are you Apple or Android? I'm like. Whichever one works, like I, 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 I cannot be that invested in a tool from a corporation. Like I just can't be. I will be invested though in this blatant pandering of giving me Miles Morales on my PS5. I know you're pandering. Guess what? I appreciate it. I'm gonna take it. I I imagine they saw what happened at Disney when they said "fuck racist." Here's Black (laughs) Panther, and then every racist was replaced by five black people holding, waving twenty dollar bills at them, and they were like, "Wait." If we do this, stop. Don't put it out this week. Hold on. If we let them talk, and then when we look back to us, we have something for black people. They'll give us all of their money, but for longer. Huh. Okay. And then they announced I mean, that. you'd have to imagine that Sony looked at their own property into the Spider-Verse and said, huh, this thing that we really didn't care about won an Oscar. Right. With this character that we own the rights to, maybe we should do more things with this Oscar-winning character that we own the exclusive rights to. I mean, Miles Morales, Enter the Spider Verse is um actually raising a lot of kids. Like a lot of parents are showing kids into the Spider. It's and, so yeah. good. I right. was watching it again the other day because I was feeling awful, and I'm just like, this is the best movie ever. No, it, it is a perfect movie. Like no joke, it is a. It, it is, is literally a perfect movie. I was just like, I'm going through so many emotions right now. Right. Also, unpopular opinion, I do not like that song by Post Malone. Well, it's a Post Malone song, so it's actually a popular opinion. Because uh, he is garbage uh, at music. No, no, no. 
No, it actually isn't a popular opinion because everybody was like, this song slaps. And then they found out it was Post Malone and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's Post Malone. Well, so because they hear the it's not both Rashram, Rashmur. It's one it's one half of Rashmur and Post Malone. But everyone only hears the Rashram, the Rashmur part. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this song's actually pretty. Sway Lee, that's what it is. Thank you. They hear the there Sway Lee part. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Sway Lee song. It's like, nope, Post Malone. Well, this stinks now. Yeah. Sway Lee luckily, is luckily, like Post Malone. luckily, there's a Sway Lee song that's more Sway Lee than it is Post Malone. And then there's the one that's more Post Malone. And it's like. <laughs> yeah. That soundtrack is actually fire. No, the soundtrack is great. I have all of them. I have every song saved except for that one song. Except for the the one in all caps, Post Malone. There's a version of that song with Post Malone removed out. It's yeah, that, no, that's the song at that because that they actually play that song later in it, where it doesn't have Post Malone in it, and that's the one I have saved. But it is really oh, funny. Someone just brought up my favorite song on the soundtrack, "Start a Riot." Yes, that's Jared. Yeah, that's absolutely my favorite song on there, too. Sorry to Riot is so good. Whatever. With that said, so it's that and so that's the best song. What Up Danger is definitely my tanking song. Like when I'm tanking in 14 and it's just randos, I just throw on What Up Danger because I don't feel like actually paying attention to the randos. You pay attention to randos? I mean, I have to make sure that they're alive and you? not dying. Huh. I mean, it helps. Um, but no, so there's that game. There's the the cat mystery game. I'm just saying that that's cat. my. I'm just saying that that's uh, my healing song. Hilarious. <laughs> um, the cat that cat mystery game is what actually got my attention more than the Miles Morales game because yeah, I want I, I kind of want to I kind of want to play as a cat. Dose dose. So you're. You're you, everybody on this call is a video game connoisseur like myself. Um, has anybody else heard of Tokyo Jungle? Wait. Yeah. I remember Tokyo Jungle, the PS3 days, right? Yes, that game reminds me of Tokyo Jungle. I played the shit out of Tokyo Jungle, and you started off as a Pomeranian, and I ended up as a dinosaur at one point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was it was a great game. It reminds me of that so much. And you were just playing an animal walking around a, a decayed city. I was like, oh, great. So hopefully it's something Isn't similar. It, that cat game is more like detect is more like um Detective Pikachu, like in an actual like world where people or things are happening and you gotta mm. do the cat you gotta do the you gotta like be a part of it and stuff. But you're a cat. You're a cat, you see, which makes it better, yes, just being as a cat. Yeah, because cats are the best. And it also will raise the question, because now when people bring out games, like someone will tell me about a game, and I'll be like, well, is the um, main character black? And then somebody will go, well, can I, can you, Bacon has asked, can you change the gender? But now it's like, well, also, is the main character a cat? That will that is going to be one of my questions from now on, absolutely. Do you play, like, like, can you change your gender? No. Is the character black? No. Well, is it a cat? Yes. yes. Oh. Oh. And then I will play it. Oh, okay. All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. What game were we talking about recently that we we had that conversation? I got a Project Warlock, um, the most hexanist hexan game. 
one of those retro shooters, but a lot of them actually tend to capture the a lot of them capture the flaws or are deeply flawed, like they have a terrible developer like Iron Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Project Warlock is very, very much like Hexen, and I'm one of those people that enjoyed Hexen more than Doom growing up. And I said, oh, this game's pretty. I played it. I got it. It's ten bucks. And uh, it's very good. And I was like, cause in, and first bacon quest, first question bacon asked, can you change your gender? And I said, nope. Bacon was like, well, fuck that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say, well, fuck that. Yeah, you did. The um, did I? you did. Um, now, well, fuck that is a is a mood. It's a vibe you see. Oh, because okay, when that like- when that exchange happens in six <laughs> seconds, that means well, fuck that. It's like, hey, this game's pretty good. Can you change your gender? No. Well, not playing it. That also means that game can go fuck itself. <laughs> And no, I I did a sad face. I was actually really sad. Well, it's a funny thing. I looked it up, and on the like when the game first came out a few years ago, uh, that was one of the few quest- the, the first two questions on the um, forum on the threads for it in Steam. It was like, is there any way? Is there any way to petition to play as a female protagonist and just change the gender of your character? And there's this long argument about it. And it just, of course, didn't happen. But I was like, oh, so it's like it's not even like it wasn't even it was a complete. It's one of those games where it didn't matter. It wouldn't matter to be able to switch gender. So it's fine. But it's very funny that you asked that question. But apparently that's like the second question asked of the developer <laughs> when the game was released. It's like, hey, so hey, <laughs> how about I be switch genders? Hey, I, want, I don't want to play as a dude with a goatee. I, I really don't want to play as a dude. Can I like not play as a dude? Play it. Thank you. I uh, the last game I played, the first game I played as a straight dude, like a reg- just a regular guy. I played Evil Within two, um, and you play as just a dude, just a forty five year old dad having a t- bad day. And my favorite thing about the script is that he's confused the whole time. He's confused and violent and kind of a knucklehead, lagging behind, doesn't know what's going on, very in over his head, in such a believable 50-year-old white cop way that it's one of the best scripts I've ever seen. Like, Evil Within, old game, I bought it for sale moons ago, finally played through it. Plays an old dad, but he's an old white cop, and he's so confused about being in this pocket dimension full of horror. (laughs) In such a, he's not, it's just, he's not, it just, he's just, and having heard old white men speak up now since March, explaining the inner workings of their old whiteness, it's one-to-one and one of the best things I've ever read, I've ever played because of that. He has no idea what's going on. He has no idea what's happening. He even, has even a scene where he talks to a black guy and he's like a black tech, like in this dimension. And he goes, what's a guy like you um, doing working for Mobius? And then the black guy turns around and goes, what the fuck do you mean a guy like me? And he goes, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah. Uh, they're asking, so is he Russell Crowe in the movie? Um, speak, speak, really. speaking, speaking of Russell Crowe, uh, did anybody see the Resident Evil 8 uh, trailer with your boy Chris Redfield looking like jacked up russell crowe on steroids back on the roids chris redfield is back on this juice he's swole again oh he on that juice. at the end at the end of resident evil uh seven he came through looking like a regular guy dude he got yeah, shoulders he got all the shoulders uh, yeah, i guess he's his movie roles he's got to get jacked up He's on the A Rod program go, now. Oh, he's he's looking boxy. All right, let me go. Look. Yeah. Oh, let me go. Yeah. Look. yeah, I need to. I need to look too. Like, hey, um, Daddy came home late. Chris Redfield. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I'm gonna go look at this shit. But yeah, I'm a big Resident Evil fan, so I'm gonna buy it wherever it is. I don't care. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you you said there are gonna be werewolves in Resident Evil. Sure. Yeah. I don't. On. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Fuck it. Resident Evil. Resident Evil's been off. Resident Evil's not about this reason. It's not about rails. It's about Resident Evil. So, the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Yep. Bacon just saw. He's a box. <laughs> I wasn't exaggerating when I said boxy. He is. Yeah, Chris. Chris been through some things. He on that very bond. He's not even boxy. He's a box. He's a walking rectangle. Yo, my man's so swole. What happened to Chris Redfield? We just <laughs> met him. His head's even bigger. This is, you know, it's fine. He ain't got to play sports in the pandemic. He ain't got to play. We don't. We ain't. He has no neck. When you ain't got sports, when you ain't got sports, you ain't got to worry about them blood tests. Go ahead, Redfield. Fuck it up. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about them blood tests. It's fine. You come through swole. Ain't nobody got to ask no questions. You know they don't test cops. <laughs> They don't drug test cops. Right. Um, but before we before migrate we... to the, the main event, I did wanna I did wanna Jared brought up Black People Looper. Um that did interest me. That wait, did I'm... look good. What? That wait, did I, look I, good. I missed uh, sorry, I was call I was too busy calling the PS5 such okay, but uh what's Black Looper? So it's a death loop. You're either the assassin or the assassinee um stuck in a time loop killing each other for reasons isn't that a movie yeah it's called looper <laughs> sorry i just spoiled looper for anyone that hasn't like seen it but it's okay because that's in the trailer yeah um, okay okay seriously looking at that picture of Chris redfield my neck hurts <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like ah! <laughs> oh shit! He shoots that. He shoots Ethan's wife. Oh shit! Sorry. What? Right, I right, mean, right. Those, right. I, those. I mean, yeah. I mean, I ain't lying. And I mean, she. I mean, you should have set her on fire. Like she's been affected for like five years until you pulled up and got her out of there. Anyway, so that would have been the first reflexes to set her the whole ass on fire. So Chris Redfield ain't wrong. So now I'm in. I'm back in. I mean, I wasn't already out, but now I want to know what's going on because you know. He, he ain't wrong. So, like, he, I mean, he shot he shot a woman in the face. But. <laughs> I mean, I might actually play this game because it's so off the rails. If you, man, I don't want to hear that shit. You better play all these other Resident Evils that are off the rails. That shit been off the rails, man. Get get on that shit. They're all on sale game, right now. Do it. No, the games have finally caught up to the movies in terms of just off listen, the wall. Listen. Yeah, just, just don't play five. Don't, don't no, no, play no, no, five. no, 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 no. I already played five. All of these. I, every... I played and I played um, Giant Vagina until Giant Vagina happened. Every and I also I also played the one that is basically um, Resident Evil Saga, essentially. Like I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Saga games, the romancing Saga games. Y'all are oh, I'm familiar with. I haven't played them, but I'm familiar. Yeah, with the yeah. So essentially, one of the rom- the romancing Saga games after. Romance, romancing saga three and onwards they take different characters stories and you have to go through all of their stories and so yeah i think that was resident evil 6 where they did that one and i think resident evil 7 was the vagina monster uh resident evil 7 yeah that's the lady she had the, she generated the bugs from her vagina yes and yeah, her weak spot was monster. and her weak spot so, was her vagina yes yes um 
Uh, so that's why no. But if we're just shooting ladies in the face and killing werewolves, I'm fine. This is all really sedate. Resident Evil 6 is still the most off the rails Resident Evil to the point where the new developers, when they brought them in, no, there's no. I, no. I don't understand Resident Evil 6. It Resin makes no sense. Resident Evil 6 was the story that you do when you're written into it, when you're writing random shit, and then you are. They wrote themselves into several corners in that game. They. They literally wrote themselves into six different quarters with six different characters. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do this? Right. How? How you do this? Also, Resident Evil 6 managed to um, er erase the story of every um, woman character in the series all at once, give or take. Um, I think Sherry, I think, I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't want to get too deep into Resident Evil since you guys are here to talk about Legend of Korra, but we'll just say Resident Evil 6 erased a vast majority of the stories of, um, of women protagonists in Resident Evil. A vast majority of they're all gone. Claire's not in there. Rebecca's not in there. Jill's not in there. And, 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 and Ada Wong is a series of clones. Good job. And Sherry mm -hmm. Birkin is grown, but she's invincible. So that means that she has all to, when you have a character, they do this all the time. They're like, what? You have superhuman, you have superhuman healing. Cool. Let's impale you several times. So the audience understands you'll be fine. It's all terrible. Resident Evil 6 is terrible. I'm not even going to go into it. I'm just going to hand, I'm going to just hand the right. baton to right. someone else. Right. But that's why I'm saying if Resident Evil 8 is just killing whatever, we have giant box man, we have werewolves. If that's the worst of it, I'm fine. As long as what? I don't have Ooga Booga or Vagina Monsters. Oh, fair. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, um, since we're still talking about the conference, did anybody else check out that game, Bug Snacks? That's giving me a real good, like, uh, joyful, like, uh, Viva Pinata, like, yeah, style. It's, it looks adorable. Bugsnax looks absolutely ridiculous and absolutely adorable, and I can't wait for Jonathan to want to play it. I My just... daughter saw it already. It's over. <laughs> yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> like you, you become what you eat. Yeah, sure. I mean, let's do this. Yes. They have hamburger bugs. Oh my yes. gosh, fantastic! it's it it's it like combines like my least favorite thing and my most favorite thing together with like cuteness <laughs> and i'm excited if somebody buys me a ps5 i that that's gonna be the the only game i'll play on it probably well and final fantasy 14 because you know it's coming to ps5 why would i i, I just play it on my computer you also have it on your ps4 mm-hmm but and I got the, you're going to get it on your PS5 and just never play it. No. I'd probably get it on my Xbox. But Oh, yeah, it is coming to the Xbox. That's right. Xbox. Um, which is why I would get it on Xbox and then just stick it with Xbox. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. Um, because at least with my Xbox subscription, um, I wouldn't have to continuously repurchase the game. It would stick with it. Um, I, I, I just don't want to buy it again if I don't need to. And again, I have this lovely new computer. Oh, yes. For those who don't know, I have a computer and it's kind of a supercomputer, which is why we're able to do this stuff. And I'm still not processing it. 
You have a working computer? I have a working computer. And a computer that works well. They stream and everything <laughs> you're able to do. The reason why we're able to um, live stream this recording is because of the quality of Bacon's computer. My computer couldn't do that shit. This is all Bacon's computer right now, doing the heavy lifting. It's all my computer. Doing the heavy lifting. My computer's name is Mothra, and it is very pink. It is very pink and rainbowy and purple, and it's awesome. The powerful pastel PC. We love to see it. We love (laughs) to see it. It is the powerful pastel PC. Thank you, Najela. She just redeemed some points for a posture check, so I sit up straight. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I think that is a... Well, <laughs> before, before we migrate, um, PS5, it's a console. There are games. Some games look cool. Um, what they showed looked cool. The Demon Souls remaster. Um, That's impressive. That looks yeah. good. Looks, that uh, looks I was good. like... I was like, this game feels familiar. Then they showed the giant knight, and I was like, nope. No, so when, they, that when they already, no, no, I, I am yeah. so hyped for Demon Souls. Yeah, when they showed I the guy am. flying, I was like, oh, there it is. Where's the castle? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, I was like, okay, no, I've I've suffered through this once already. I'm not gonna do it again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna play it. Gonna, I I love those games. Yeah. I never finished them, but I love them so much it's one of those games where like i really enjoy playing even though i'm not good at them well the 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 way demon souls handles its lore where they just sort of sprinkle it around throughout the world and it's up to you to sort of piece together what's actually happening i appreciated that that was the first game i'd played where the lore wasn't handed to you you had to actually go out and find the the world building was for you to actually build it wasn't just handed to you um so I appreciated that. The gameplay was fun, uh, challenging, brutal. And when I finally beat it, I said, never again. <laughs> I'm um, good, good well, on that. What I'm looking forward to it is it not being glitchy. Oh, it was the worst was right. the <laughs> run up to the final tower. Someone came into my game to hunt me. And I was like, okay, cool. Light work. They glitched out, so it said they left. So I'm like, okay, they left. They got behind me somehow. After they killed me, they said, oh, by the way, you've been invaded. We forgot to tell you. My bad, dog. Yeah. So that's one of the things that has actually improved over time with the Dark Soul games is that they are significantly less glitchy. Um, like significantly, like in even even in uh Dark Souls 2. You were just falling through the floor. Like yeah, you, you were. You would you would literally just be walking, and then all of a sudden you'd be falling through the floor and dead. And you'd be dead in a way where you can you couldn't get your body back. And that was considered hard. Like they didn't change it because they wanted the game to be harder. But that's not hard. That's just bad programming. That's bad design. It's just bad design. Instability and- is not a substitute for difficulty. Right, and so they were treating bad design as difficulty, and like it without it, Dark Souls Two isn't that hard, actually. Same with Dark Souls, like Dark Souls Two is really not that hard about it. But but the shit design where you would just randomly die because of clipping was really awful. And then sometimes you know um, 
the enemies would like glitch and there's nothing you could do. Like it's not even just like you can't avoid their attacks. It's like their attacks literally move through your body. Right. So, and it was it was it was just really annoying and that's what made it that's what made it uh, people angry it wasn't actually the difficulty of the game and dark souls 3 was challenging but it wasn't that challenging like it like there were some challenging parts to it but those were mostly the the boss fights because some of the boss fights were fucking hard but getting up to the boss fights wasn't bad but they also did their secrets really well they did really great hidden secrets so um like that game like there's just like secrets after secrets and it was great you could just spend hours finding it finding those in the game but um that's that's what i'm looking for forward to in demon souls like demon souls without the shit (laughs) so um and of course if like it's still bad and glitchy i'm not gonna play it right that that's one where it's like let's let, let the first week pass and then we'll see Oh yeah, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> how it goes. Uh, one thing I did appreciate, because uh, I'm here for these jokes. Like I don't, I don't have any substantive takes on the PS5, but I'm here for these jokes. They basically hit y'all with the market price when they said, "Okay, so how much is it going to cost?" It will. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, go to a yep. so Maryland, you go out to get crabs at a nice restaurant. Okay, how much of the crab legs? How much of the seafood? It just says market price. <laughs> don't even worry about it. Just, you know, um, my, my favorite thing is, um, Sony's like, it's going to be digital only. And people are like, digital only is great. And I'm like, excuse me. Yo, I remember the E3 where Sony. Don't, don't, time, don't do it. Don't do it. No, Microsoft no, out of going digital. I am so, <laughs> oh, don't do that. Don't bring back so many bad memories. I, I, will, I, I was will so never pissed. Forget. I will never forget. They, and I'm sitting there like, I'm here for these jokes because they're jokes. And I'm like, but I'm going digital. Like, I see the vision. Discs are archaic. Why would yeah. I ever buy a disc again? This is, I, 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 I live in 2010, not 2000. And they, they, they have the tweet where it's like, here's how you share games on PS4. Hands you a disc. We're sharing games. And I'm like, this is tier one trolling and I appreciate it. And that act got Microsoft to back off of going digital. And now yeah, Sony that is a digital it was, only console. It was it was that, and they it. it was that, and they ripped that camera off. That camera yeah. was a hundred dollars. They ripped that off, made it a price drop of a hundred, and there we yeah. have it. Yeah, they were gonna have the camera on it too. They just took it off. Yeah, they, the, the PS the, the PS four controller does the voice stuff too, just like the Xbox. Yeah, like yeah, it was like all. All of that stuff, like the, basically, they had really similar consoles, and then Sony went, "Okay, Microsoft, you're doing this. We're not doing X, Y, and Z." Like they just decided it at the conference. Yeah, and because gamers buying, well, not gamers. Let me be specific. Um, a specific subset of gamers uh, that may make up the majority of a certain gender and a certain race uh, <laughs> are nostalgia addicts. So instead of embracing progress, they cling to the things that made them feel good as children, such as cartridges and discs, because it brings them back to that nostalgia of opening a game and reading the instruction manual, things that I enjoy doing. Uh, instruction manuals but yeah, were, instruction manuals were lit I'm also a futurist. Day, I'm, I'm embracing the future. I embrace progress. I'm not fighting it. I ain't going to lie. I would pay a Kickstarter where I could order a certain amount of instruction booklets per year, like not all the games I own should have them, 
But I wouldn't mind if there was like, if I got like four a year. Because I miss instruction booklets. Those shit's fucking dope. Some of those motherfuckers were like 40 pages. You know what I miss? I'm not going to lie. I miss instruction booklets too because I hate video walkthroughs. I will not. Re- I will not watch them. I do not like video tutorials. I do not like video walkthroughs. I have like a stick up my ass. I hate them so much. It's a tremendous stick. How- tremendous However, stick. I fucking love text guides. Text guides are the shit. Niggas, niggas I'm gonna say this: a lot of niggas write text guides. They're not good with words, so they just be saying stuff, but they're not being specific. And then I can't with the text guys with the bad writing. I love those places that find the best text guide and then I like copy it and make their own content. Like that's shitty, but I love it. Don't do it yourself. Follow the experts. Thank you. The the one thing I I, I don't know if I miss them so much now, but strategy guides. Because when I was a kid, I would never read them. I would just look at the pictures. It was basically a glorified art book. Yep. Yeah. Like Final Fantasy Seven strategy guide. And I would look at all the pictures. I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. And then halfway through Final Fantasy VII, I realized, oh, this is telling me how to actually play the game and like telling me everybody's moves. Yeah, I don't care about that. I could have saved myself the heartbreak of Aerith dying if I had just read the book. I would have seen it happening and realized that there's nothing I could have done to bring her back. Um, okay. Really Last like, thing. Oh, the Final Fantasy IX strategy guide is so good. So before we migrate to the main topic, because I'm excited about the main topic, um, I slightly spoiled myself for Final Fantasy VII because internet, it exists. If they're doing... Yes, yes, they are. What I think they're doing... Yes, they are. Yes. Whatever you're about to say, yes. Because as somebody that is at the very tail end of that game, they are doing some shit. Let me tell you that What I think they're doing... Final Fantasy VII continues to be the biggest middle finger to its audience that the audience doesn't understand. No, I get it. That's why I don't want it. Why like the original one is basically you as a person suck because you wrap yourself around this tough guy ideology and you think being emotionless and detached and cold is cool, but it's not. That's Cloud's entire character arc. You are Cloud. Mm-hmm. You're a loser. Cloud's whole thing is I'm pretending to be Zach because Zach's cool. No, you're not Zach. You're Cloud. Embrace yourself. Cloud doesn't become cool until he embraces himself. A lot of people miss the point of that in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, they miss the point. Final Fantasy VII remake. The point of that is learn how to let go because you can't fight fate. Ah, game of the fucking year. If that if that's the route they're going, where they're they're going that route, fate. You have to learn to let go and accept things. If the if the last game in Final Fantasy VII remake is you have to kill Aerith yourself. Game of the year. I want. I, uh, I don't know. Listen, I've seen the shit I've seen in this game, dog. Like, I don't know. You could be right. You could be absolutely wrong. I have no idea what they're doing. Like, I literally am shocked at every turn this last hour or so of the game. Like, I just put it down. I was like, okay, I need to go back and play Final Fantasy VII because I need to remember what changed because major things have changed. Like mm-hmm. the fact from the very beginning, it's a plot point. Like the fact that it's different is a significant plot point. Like it's not yes. just you decided to. It's intentional. Story. It's it's no, we're doing something. Let's see if you're smart enough to pick up on what we're doing. And if Namor brings in any Kingdom Hearts shit, boy, I tell you, oh, I'm going to pitch. He, yes, 
yes, I fully believe that he is going to bring in, he is going to merge all of his universes into one mm-hmm. because of the stuff that just happened at the end of this game. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, this is the, <laughs> I think my roommate's on his ninth playthrough, my ninth or 10th playthrough. Um, so the interesting thing is, is I've heard all the audio from beginning to end. Uh, I haven't played the game. I've just, like I said, I've heard the audio from beginning to end several times. I have no issue with that. It's actually really amusing to me. Um, yeah. Um, also, get the Final Fantasy VII remake. Our homie Danielle McRae is in it. Daniel! Yeah. Yes. Uh, Danny plays Gwen, a uh, side-cast character, but still awesome. Actually, that has a really interesting quest. Danny. That's actually a really interesting quest. And it is really interesting hearing Danny's voice from coming from like my like the other room in my apartment. <laughs> I'm like, like, we're not playing right now. What is <laughs> so that's kind of cool though when you hear your friends. <laughs> All right. I don't know why y'all are here. Well, no, you're you're here because you enjoy the program. You enjoy bacon largely. Um, we are carried on their mighty back. They're mm-hmm. carrying this program, this stable, mm-hmm. this network, everything really. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no I idea agree. What, I have no I idea agree. What talking about. Um, Avatar: The Last Airbender is out on Netflix. People that didn't get a chance to watch it during its original run have gone back and watched it and said, wow, the show is great. It's so good. And it is good. It, it is it is one of the greatest things Nickelodeon has ever put together and released. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's just a really compelling story. The characters are compelling. And so I went through my rewatch of it. I was like, yeah, that was really good. And I was like, you know what I really miss? The Legend of Korra, because that was also really good. Is that, that on, on um, CBS Plus? Yeah, because CBS and Viacom are the same company now. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, capitalism, yummy. So I went back and watched Korra, and I'm like, okay, no. So I wasn't tripping when I first saw Korra. It is better than Last Airbender. Like, I thought I might have been tripping just because it's, you know, it was new and exciting. It brought us back into this world and introduced so many brand new things that I enjoyed. Watching it again, I'm like, no, it, it is a better story. It is a better story. It is a improved upon world. The The one thing I will give The Last Airbender, it tells a tighter story. Um, But the narratives and themes covered in Korra are done with so much more care and it's just right. better. That's not saying right. Last Airbender's trash. Last Airbender, again, one of the greatest things Nickelodeon has ever put out. Core Cor started writing towards, like, because you got to think about the Last Airbender's audience. They grew up with the Last Airbender. So by the time we got to Cora, these kids are not kids anymore. Right. They're starting to become young adults. And by the time Cora ended, it kind of matched the age range of the generation that would have and they would have intended on watching this you know like because when core ends what she's like 19 20 like, yeah she's, she's not young 20 when it ends yeah so like to think about the fact that she was like 13 or 14 when it started and she goes on a journey 
it it is incredible how well that show was put together only the problem was you had to search for it right so seasons one and two were on nickelodeon like nickelodeon 10 a.m right after blues clues they showed a murder suicide it still i I wonder if they had any oversight that I guess someone at Nickelodeon realized what they were putting on air and said, okay, no, no, no. Digital only. You don't know who <laughs> right after Blue's Clues. No, I, re- I remember no, no, Blue's no, Clues. It, no, it was. It was right after Blue's Clues, but it just didn't dawn on me that it was after Blue's Clues. So yeah, it literally was a murder-suicide immediately after Blue's Clues. <laughs> and like, I looked at Tiff. I'm like, did we just watch that? Right after Blue's Clues? Like, is this happening? Mm. Is this happening? Um, so, yeah. We'll get to the spoiler part later, because if you haven't seen it, I want to encourage you to go and watch it. We're going to try to cover some of the, the overarching themes in a non-spoilery way. And then I'm going to get into spoilers, because the, the the real... What makes Core fantastic, I can't talk about without spoiling plot points. Um, but there's a murder-suicide in season one. And it's not ambiguous at all. It is blatantly, I'm killing you and myself. That Yep. It is literally what happens. Like the uh, it, and it it's not even done in a way where it's just like maybe that didn't. No, it it is. It happens. Yeah. It's crazy. There's a lot of, um one of the things I really appreciate about Cora um is like Cora is definitely made for an older audience. Um, it's made for um, older teenagers and the, those of us who grew up watching Avatar The Last Airbender. It was really made for us. And part of that means that there's a lot of difficult issues that you tackle, especially around like those ages that you can actually kind of like wrap your head around that you can't wrap your head around when you're younger. Um, and like there's like like Zuko is really the focus of that pretty much Zuko and Katara were really the focus of that in in Avatar the Last Airbender but in this one it's all of them and one of the things with Korra is like she's literally a, a walking weapon and on top of that people are horrible and will yes. do horrible things and they're teenagers they're kids they're seeing and dealing with horrible things and they have to wrestle with a lot of trauma. Like Asami's father is a monster. And there's a whole thing where like, you know, you have to deal with all of these things that you're not grown enough to deal with, but you are being forced to. So that your parents are horrible. Yeah. Because your parents are horrible. So, um, and because of that, like again, they're kids. They're at the end of the day, that they're all they're all kids. They're all teenagers, um, and they just have to deal with unfathomable things. And they really show what that does. Right. Um, I I do appreciate again the more mature themes, but also you can tell exactly when they stopped caring about the yep. practices. Absolutely. Wait, like about what? About standards and practices. Like the moment they stopped caring, you can pinpoint it to a single episode where they just said, "Nah, fuck it, we're digital anyways. What are you gonna do? You've you've already paid us for two seasons." Was it the train episode? 
the it the, saved the queen. Okay. I was thinking about the one a little later on where they are on the war train. What is the name of that episode? God, I have to get back to it. I'm gonna look it, I'm gonna look it up. It no, it's 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 way before that. It's the one we'll go in depth when we talk spoilers, but something happens in that episode. Three things happen in that episode where you're just like, oh, okay, you officially stopped caring. Right? Like one of the couples that ends up getting together at the end, they're heavily flirting, and you're like, you can show this on Nickelodeon in the year 2015. This is acceptable. Oh, you guys just stopped caring. <laughs> um, there's a very violent murder that happens in the middle of the episode, and I'm like, oh, you've really stopped caring. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I, I am sat. One of the things that Corey gets knocked for is how it handles the final couple, which the the guy, not the showrunner, but the guy the showrunner reports to, they ended up coming out saying, yeah, that was a mistake. We definitely should have been, we should not have been afraid of that. Um, it's a same-sex couple without spoiling it. They have, you know. Tommy. Okay, and Bacon's going to spoil it. But yes. There's um, no other, there's no other couple it could be. No, okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> Look at the characters. There's no other couple. Yo, they start flirting in season three, and it's obvious. And I'm like, oh, y'all just y'all just stopped caring. Like, you literally stopped giving a fuck. Like, I can also, pinpoint also, the exact moment y'all stopped giving a fuck. Also, that one was blasted all over in the news. Like, that was one of those things where it was all over all over social media. It, I mean, yeah. you, can't, you can't even look up the show without that being spoiled. Okay, that's fair. So... But yeah, they get together and the um, one of the suits at Nickelodeon was like, you know, we never should have been afraid of that. And I feel like we should have embraced it more. Um, he then goes on to say that they still would have kept it digital only because of the events that happened in Save the Queen. He was like, there's no way we could have shown that uh, the way someone dies on Nickelodeon. There's, there's no way we could have gotten away with that. So, yeah. But the the another knock that Corey gets is how it handles. So Avatar The Last Airbender is just one consecutive story. And Korra is four separate stories that are linked together. And because you do it that way, you can actually build the world around all these people and around all these characters. And that's something I really appreciated. Right, like I, I appreciated that we didn't just spend three or four seasons chasing one dude. It worked in the Last Airbender because it's these kids trying to build themselves up to face this insurmountable challenge. That's a great narrative for young adult fiction. Yeah, that's the hero's journey. Like that's right. Pretty much every story ever made, you know. Right. And with Cora, Cora is different. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, with with Cora, it's like, all right, cool. You're this chosen person of destiny. How do you adjust to a world that doesn't need you? And like each season at its core, it's someone rejecting the premise of the chosen one. So how do you, re how do you exist in a world that rejects your existence? And I think that's like it, fascinating. It actually even turns the mythos of the avatar itself kind of on its head a lot of the time, which right. I like appreciated a ton, you know, cause 
because of the way the series was made for children, of course, every avatar has to be perfect. And in this one, you kind of learn like the reasoning and why the avatar is the avatar. And it makes so much more sense uh, when you go back and look at the history of the avatar and avatar, the last airbender, if you put it together with core, they're complementary in a way that oh yeah few shows are, you know, and right, not overbearing. So, no, no, they're, they're made specifically to, for the messaging to fit together. And that was also, that was one of the things, like, as you were saying, like the entire mythos is, you know, the avatar appears when the world needs them. Right. And, and as Jared just brought up in the chat, um, the world has moved to like this steampunk post-industrialism and like, why do we need this mystic figure? We've, we're past that. We're, we're past kneeling. We're Deshaun Carter. Wow, that's such an unfortunate quote. That is such an unfortunate it's quote. Such an unfortunate quote. Um, I don't know, Nostra Pizza. That is a very good point. Could we have Hella Gay Shira without Cora and Steven Universe? I don't know. That's a very good question. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I think. I think Steven Universe would have made it regardless. It wouldn't have. Had, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been as open as quickly. But I think Steven, Steven Universe, I don't know about She-Ra, because She-Ra is on a different level. Well, no, no, like, that's, that's, what they're, that's what they're saying. They're saying, could we have She-Ra without those two? Well, She-Ra, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. It, the, the lineage is kind of directly there. But with um, Steven Universe, I think you could still have Steven Universe, because that's how Cartoon Network kind of has been running their shows for a while. So... Like Teen Titans and things like that, it might not have been as overt, but I think it, it would have been something there that oh, people could have I latched mean, onto. I mean, Steven, I don't know about that because Steven Universe isn't. I mean, Steven Universe is hella gay. Like, <laughs> like in the in the yeah first, now no, now no, not but, even now from the beginning from the okay very well and, it is extreme. yeah I won't argue with you about it. it That's is you know extreme like the first two episodes i'm like this is some gay shit (laughs) like going back and watching it i can't tell if that's rebecca sugar being deliberate yes setting things up or rebecca sugar being sneaky and being like i'm gonna put this in here let's see if they catch it or if it's no i'm putting this here because i'm setting this up i think it's Um, rebecca sugar all of the above because all of the above is rebecca sugar because i know in adventure time the tension between Bubblegum and Marceline, it's sneaky. And then you could tell right around the time they got the confidence in Steven Universe, you'd be like, no, they're gay. And that's sort of around the time when Bubblegum and Marceline just started being a little more uh, open with each other. So Yeah, but the thing is, is that Steven Universe was always meant to be gay. Yeah. Like, not, like, like extremely so i don't think it i think it was all of the above i think it was deliberate i think it was sneaky and i think it was also overt because as a not straight person i i can't see it as anything but like like every like it is a giant like bright neon sign of gay (laughs) like 
Like that's like I don't I don't know how you see it any other way to be honest. But I understand some people might. But I'm assuming can somebody, can somebody clip can somebody clip Bacon just doing <laughs> giant neon sign of gay neon neon giant sign of gay because like it's literally in the first episode. <laughs> like the whole premise of um of uh. How they blend together. I can't remember how, the word right now because my brain is fried. Yay, medication. Like, it's literally sex. It's just, it's literally sex. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> Thank you, fusion. Like, fusion is literally sex. <laughs> And it's it's clear right off the bat and like how they interact with each other, how um, Pearl talks about Rose, like even before she said I was in love with Rose, it was just like, bitch, you were in love with Rose. Like, yeah, it was it, it was so unambiguous that. Again, I don't know how you don't see it un, 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 unless you're hetero. And three fourths. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> definitely three fourths of uh of this program. <laughs> and Shira is more gay. <laughs> Hold on, is saying Shira gay a spoiler? No. Not the character, the show. I mean the, no, the show it's, overall. It's, it's, saying the show overall. The, the first episode is is hella okay. gay. Like okay. Like two of the main characters are cuddling in the um, in the war room. I don't. I mean, we also had we also had Voltron before that. Like they've been Netflix has been doing that for a little while. Okay, now. But my problem with Voltron is they teased that shit for forever. Yeah, they did. They did. Now, they did. They pissed people off, and that's why they finally were like, "Hey guys, sorry." Like people were getting legit angry because they're doing they were queer baiting. They were just queer baiting for a really long time. Right. And again, one thing that I appreciate with Cora is once they realized that they had the freedom to do that, they just went full steam for it. And I know it can come off as queer baiting if you only look at like the last frame of Cora and Assignment. Like, where did this come? This came from nowhere. And I'm like, nah, they set this up season three when Cora explicitly states, you know, Asami's my only friend. And like when it's her and Asami in the desert, just talking about each other's feelings and all the stuff they've been through. And season four, when Cora's going through her traumas, and she's like, the only person I could talk to about what I was going through was Asami. She's the only person that checked in on me. She's the only person that I could talk with my feelings about. And Asami's like, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to scare you off. And I'm just like, yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah. Like <laughs> um the other thing that Cora rightfully gets heat for is the way they handled Cora and Mako's relationship. And you know so they're they're dumb teenagers behaving like dumb teenagers. And like watching it through that lens, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it's dumb yeah. teenagers like dumb horny teenagers. This actually makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, chorus pan. Whatever. Also they that. All, they all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I just really felt bad for Mako's brother. 
Bolin. Bolin is a G. Uh, yeah, I like Bolin. Bolin is probably one of my favorite characters. I, I felt so bad for Bolin. I'm just like, Bolin, I just want you to be happy. I just identify with him so much. Like, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's my man. Bolin's overarching story throughout all of these shows is I want to be special, right? It's I want to be with Cora because Cora makes me feel special. It's I want to be a movie star because my brother's being a hotshot cop and I need something for myself. I want to be a metal bender because that's special. I want to help fix the world because that's special. However, he looks like a metal bender. Yeah. Bolin is stacked. And like, just, I know people, like when when people try to bring down Korra, like, oh, it didn't have any good character studies. I'm like, the whole thing is a character study. You just got to pay attention. Yeah, they just don't like the character study it is. Right. It's all, it's all character studies. And Mako's the biggest fuck boy, though. And it's a deconstruction of the cool aloof guy. Mako's whole character is I'm cool and aloof. Yeah, how does that work in the real world? Oh, it, it doesn't, doesn't actually. I'm not going to lie. I make fun of cool and aloof boys on purpose. Yeah. Like, Mako's whole jig is, I'm your standard uh, cool, aloof protagonist that's in love with the main character. Okay, cool. How does that work in the real world where you can't actually talk about your feelings? Oh, all your meaningful relationships break down in communication because you're incapable of communicating? Huh. And you're indecisive. Also that. I'm going to kiss you, Cora, while I'm trying to go out with Asami. Yeah. It's like you you can't act on impulse and your emotions while also denying that they exist. Can't have those things. It's so weird how Mako and Bolin are brothers. No, it makes sense. Yeah, it, that, that's, yeah that's what I was going to say. That guy. Yeah, that makes complete sense as no, an no. older brother. Like, no, 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 I don't mean I mean, they're just, one, they're so different, and two, they're completely different benders. You but should I, meet. You should meet my brother. But <laughs> I, but I also know that part of the reason why they have them as different bending styles is because um your personality usually matches your bending attributes. Like it it the bending is another metaphor for personality attributes. It's a huge thing throughout the Avatar universe. Um, yeah. so like Bolin is all earth he is an earth well, dude. well I, I even like the fact that bending is like out of style now right like that's yeah. that old shit so like for them to even be doing it like back in the day you would go to a temple or you would go do this and do that no they just some some people that some dudes that know how to pull rocks up and shoot fire right like it's it's a gym <laughs> like the, the power plants are fueled by lightning benders something that was thought to yeah. be so rare that only a couple people could do it now that's how they power the city you just bend lightning for eight hours and it's a in. and it's a shit job yeah like that it's not it's not even a cool it's not even a good paying job it's literally a shit grunt work job yeah and oh this the way the world is built and constructed in the legend of Korra you have this industrial world these industrial problems um 
and the lessons from the previous series, Toph invents metal bending. There's now a metal bending police force. And when you first see it, you're like, that's so cool. They're metal benders. They're running through the sky like Attack on Titan, shooting their cables. It's awesome. Then the metal benders see a riot and start to subdue. And you're like, oh, this is horrifying. (laughs) Yep. Is completely horrifying. Like the the little metal sign barricades. You're like, oh, what are you going to do with that? Oh, you're going to start imprisoning people. And oh, this is actually terrible. What do you do against the police force that controls the earth itself? Yep. Brand new whips like slavery. Exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's... The bending was a massive metaphor. Yeah. Is a very massive metaphor. So it's all very interesting. The other thing with the world building that I I really, really enjoyed, the world moves outside of the main cast, right? Like with with The Last Airbender, we only experience the world through the lens of how the main cast interacts with the world. In Legend of Korra, the world is moving past them. Things are happening in the world and they just, they either happen because of the main cast just happens to be there or they're happening. It's like, whoa, when did this thing happen? When did Republic City get a new president? When did Republic City get a new government? When did the Southern Water Tribe and the Northern Water Tribe have beef? Why are all of these things happening that I'm not, you know, that my main characters aren't being privy to? It's like, oh, because the world is moving outside. Them. That's the whole metaphor for this. The world is moving past the Avatar. Well, also, you also have to think about it. The characters are themselves between seasons. They grow in completely different ways. Like every time we come back, except for maybe the last two seasons, um, every time we come back, they are on some completely different things every single time. Um, and I appreciated that too. They didn't, they don't treat you like a, ch- a child, right? Like right. they know that these people are people. They're gonna grow, they're gonna change. They're gonna change their appearance. They're gonna change their views on things. And all of that is, it was really welcome um, to see from something that was supposedly children's animation. You know, right. Uh, I, I do want to touch on something you brought up with the bending. We have mixed martial arts bending now. Yes. Right. Yes. Like the, the the way bending was treated originally, it was a very traditional martial art. Now you actually have a sport around bending and it's more the fighting style of bending now resembles like American boxing, uh, jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. Like it looks like mixed martial arts now. It doesn't look like the beautiful dance we learned in Last Airbender. It looks like, no, I'm I'm trying to fight and I'm trying to fuck you up. Like court Ang style was very fluid and poetic and it looked like a dance. Cora boxes. Yep. Yeah. Like Cora straight up boxes. Yeah, Cora is just walking strength. And that's one of the things I really loved about her and I think was also a huge I mean, it's the same problem that people have with um uh Shira is like she was literally just walking strength she's a freaking tank yeah and you know flowy doesn't non-flowy doesn't really you know go well with certain people of genders and races (laughs) there's also that undercurrent right like we 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 haven't touched on it but a lot of the the negative reception to Korra was the protagonist of the new avatar is a brown girl yeah, a but, brash, brazen, overconfident brown girl. 
Right. And uh, that's something that brown girls shouldn't be. Like, that is something that girls shouldn't be. It's something brown girls get um, um, ridiculed for being. And the thing is, is she could back it up. Yeah. And that's something as well that people just aren't, they don't like. Like, yeah, she be, she has, and on the fact of it, like, she's also kind of a child prodigy of avatarness. No, she, she is. Like, she literally, like, before she could talk, she was bending four different elements. Like, outside of Kiyoshi, she might be the greatest avatar ever. I mean, we can't. Kiyoshi was just phenomenal. But Kiyoshi was also underrated. Ky- even Kiyoshi among And also, Kyosho, Kiyoshi was also underrated amongst other avatars. Yeah. Because like, she, Kiyoshi was thought of as too aggressive. She wasn't wrong, though. She wasn't wrong. Yoshi wasn't wrong. She was unpopular, but she wasn't wrong. Right. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kiyoshi came up wanting that smoke too. <laughs> but that's also uh, part of what made uh airbending so hard for Korra because like Korra does not have that chill. Right. Like Korra's <laughs> a waterbender, but her personality, she is all right. Stop me if you heard this before. Stubborn, steadfast, uh, she she's she's an earthbender right like yeah. she's a, a born a waterbender but her personality is very much that yeah. of an earthbender an she earthbender. can't have if she she has trouble with airbending and i thought that was a great sort of way to show that she's not ang like this isn't the avatar you knew before right yeah she's a waterbender but she is the opposite of ang ang was a very spiritual person ang was a pacifist cora threatens to kill people on multiple occasions right cora is a fighter Cora is very aggressive and Cora also has no yeah Aang was a pacifist Cora is is the complete opposite of a pacifist (laughs) yeah Um, Cora's from the hood yo she is and part of the world building that they did because everyone was so scared of the genocide to kill the avatar that no Sozin did Aang and the White Lotus say, okay, cool. When the next Avatar shows up, we're going to create a White Lotus facility. We're going to lock them down and train them there and keep them safe. And let's just say that that wasn't the best idea because now you have a sheltered child who's told that they're the child of destiny inheriting all this power and instead of exploring the world has a very narrow mind view. And that comes back to bite Cora in the ass every year. <laughs> and comes back to bite them in the ass. Specifically them. Specifically um, them. It's, and that, that's not Cora's fault. That's the adults around Cora that made the decision to shelter her from the world. They, and at, I, I did appreciate that they do realize that, though. They're like, we right at, at every turn, it's treated as a mistake. Like yeah. w- once the show gets to a point, they treat that decision as a mistake. You know, like no, we we shouldn't have done that. Um. Yeah. For, yeah. The first episode of Korra, she's like, "I'm the Avatar," and she's literally in diapers. 
Yeah, she she busts out. I'm the avatar. You got to deal with it. Fire bends, earth bends, water bends, and it's like, oh, okay, you're. A it, it was great. It was great too because they're like, how do you know your child's the avatar? Everybody says there's child the avatar. Here's my child who was literally screaming there the avatar while bending four different elements. I don't know what to tell you. Right. <laughs> Three different elements. Like, please take them. <laughs> I just like the look on mom's face. She's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, no, nah, trust me, I try, I, my baby girl's the avatar. Just look at her. Okay, please help me. I need help. I need some help. Kyrie, help. Um, <laughs> Kyrie. The other, the, all right, last thing, and then we'll we'll get more spoiler-y. I've been trying to dance around spoilers, and this is going to be hard to talk about without spoiling. The villains in Korra, all of them, even that one from the season that you don't like, are brilliant. They're brilliantly written. Yes, even season two's villain. It's actually really, really well done. No, all the villains are good. Um, the first one we can talk about, Amon, because this, this one isn't a secret. Amon is, Amon's whole thing is I want to lead a revolution. I want to I want to stage an uprising against benders. Benders have too much power, and I have the ability to take people's bending away. So I will equalize the world. And... For your first villain in a world where Bender, the last series we had, Benders were revered. Now we have someone that is openly challenging the status quo, openly challenging the balance that we spent four years building in terms of storytelling with Last Airbender. Now we have someone that's deliberately challenging that status quo, deliberately challenging our idols and saying, no, your idols are false gods. Benders are just people with power that they shouldn't have. Nobody should have this power. Was a really interesting thing because it's not so much that benders have too much power it's literally some benders have too much power right but his his thing was i will take everyone's bending away because some benders can't be responsible right well because i was like saying because like you have again the police force which is just ridiculous but then again like you also have like we were saying the firebenders are literally manual labor <laughs> like they're literally yeah. abused for their powers and so you start hearing Amon in the first couple episodes and you're like, not saying he's right. Nah, I said he ain't that wrong. wrong. I was saying that nigga was wrong from the beginning. Nah, he had me, the first couple episodes, he had me the whole, my my face was horribly scarred by a firebender. Asami's like, yeah, my dad was killed, or my mom was killed by a firebender. Mako, uh, my parents got caught in the gang war between benders and, you know, we're orphans. I'm like, dang, maybe benders are the problem. <laughs> Then that nigga showed up with Sentinels like Operation Zero Tolerance. And I was like, oh, okay, no, you're the villain. You're yeah. you're you're the bad guy. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Nickelodeon, for reminding me who the bad guy is. <laughs> Why did you say that, Jarrett? He called him Bender Sanders. Get the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Amon was definitely Killmonger. Said a few, a few things that make sense, and then you expand that philosophy out to its logical conclusion like oh okay no you're you're actually a problem um like he bombs a state like he an outright terrorist attack reminiscent of 9-11 happens on legend of Korra, and you're like what the fuck yeah it it, it is un- unambiguous terrorism people die and you're just like oh this is happening okay um then they go full uncomfortable territory just to drive the point home 
with Amon calling himself the solution and cleansing impurities just to drive that point home. This is the villain. Um, yeah, I think it was one of those moments where like my Jewish family history kicked in and I went, nope. Yeah. It's like, I know the I know the beginning of this rhetoric. You are still the bad guy. Yep. And it it's so well done and it's so subtle in the beginning that by the time the full swerve hits, if you didn't catch it in the beginning, you're like, oh God, I see how people get swept up in this. Mm-hmm. No, it, uh, it it it's definitely one of those where like your morals have to be made of stone. Yes. Like, like they just have to be made of stone for like and most people like no this isn't shade to anybody like there there are always going to be some people who won't be bent by this but then there's always going to be others who are and that's just kind of how it is it's just really important to try and catch people before they get swept up which is what's been really frustrating about what's been happening lately uh yeah watching corin now a lot of the themes they cover are so prescient like Mm -hmm. today um well a lot of that the, stuff is starting then too yeah the this the villain of season two his whole thing is we've lost our connection to the spirits we we are we are too modern we're too we, we've strayed from our roots and he engenders a lot of empathy and then the hit the swerve hits you're like oh nope still the bad guy nope he's still terrible uh, Season three is interesting because the villain is outright the bad guy from the beginning. He just has a point. He's a violent sociopath. He just has a point. This villain of season three's whole thing is the current order sucks. The right message coming from the wrong people. No, that is exactly what season three is. The right message from the wrong people. He's like, the current order sucks. The Earth Queen is corrupt. The government in Republic City is ineffective. He's an anarchist. He, he is an anarchist in the purest sense. And yeah. he, dr- he he gets all of his philosophy from an airbender. And the whole airbender philosophy of freedom and not being tied down, that's where he gets his philosophy from. And you're just like, oh, I don't think this was the interpretation that the air nomads had. No, they wrote we, this. but we know what the interpretation of the air nomads air nomads had because of the first avatar with exactly because ang was the last of the nomads right so just watching that villain go through his progression and just talking to people and almost convincing cora yeah right she was like the best person for it too because she would know better than anybody that everything sucks right um, and then the villain in season four is just the world sucks. It sucks because of you. I'm just going to fix it now. This is so hard. And <laughs> I feel so bad for Cora. The whole the whole entirety of the series is a rejection of the Avatar as a concept. And this poor teenage girl who's caught up in it. Right the most powerful person in the world that nobody wants and everyone's trying to manipulate. Yeah. I feel so bad for her. <laughs> she has such a, that's part of why I'm just like, Cora and Asami. <laughs> right. Happiness, and, I'm so happy. Like <laughs> even when they tried to do the whole love triangle, Asami's never pitched at Cora. 
Never. She's angry at the correct person to be angry at. Right. She's like, no, nah, I'm cool with Cora. She's not the one that's lying to me. Right. Cora doesn't lie specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Love Cora. Um, but no, I, I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the world bending, world world bending, world building. Um, I, I think you were right the first time. It's just a really dope show, and okay. the way they tackle storytelling, it's like they learned, the writers themselves learned lessons from The Last Airbender, yes. took those to it, Legend of Korra. I think, as a, I think as a narrative, it just had more depth. Yeah. And I'm not, think, saying, I'm not saying that well, that Avatar The Last Airbender didn't have depth, because it did, but I think they were definitely focused on making it a kid's show and making it more understandable for kids that... Um, there were some uh, narrative sacrifices that they made in order to do that, and they just didn't do they didn't do that with Core, and so they were able to go deeper than they could have than with um, Avatar. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and also think that um, the callbacks that they do choose to use and the characters they do choose to bring back are the characters you want to see, right? Like it's not necessarily like as much as i love ang ang is not the star of avatar the last airbender like he, he yeah like he is not the star and is zuko katara everybody else has a deeper character arc for the most part you besides can't, avatar. can't convince me that the last two seasons aren't about zuko no they are like that's like the first two are Korra's story, and the sec and the last are the last is um, Zuko's. It's really Zuko and Katara. Yeah, because the, the only growth. I don't support that ship at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they 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 work as friends. It is clear that Katara and Aang were supposed to be the couple. Um, I have. They're the final couple. Fine. Whatever. It comes out of nowhere. It only starts in season three when Aang recovers from trauma. And now magically, Katara's returning his advances. It's fine. Totally no, it didn't fine. come out of nowhere. It was pretty gradual. It was always there. Aang's Aang has had a massive crush on Katara since literally the beginning. Right. Aang's had the crush on Katara. But Katara, Katara, Katara has so much going on in her mind that she's like, what? Right. I have to think about this. Right. <laughs> which, which actually, when that happened, when she's just like, "Excuse me, what?" She's like, "We're trying to save the world, literally, and there's a war, and my dad might die, and I just, and my brother, I don't know what the fuck is happening with my brother, and there's this bitch becoming the moon, and <laughs> like." What? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, fine. Right. So I didn't think it came out of nowhere. Like it was definitely. I think her returning his feelings. It was forced. Better. I, yes. I think it was rushed. Not, yes. Not forced. Very much rushed. I think it was forced. I think it was rushed. But I still always think that they meant to do another season because there's only three books. Well, I mean, that would make sense, though, because he already knows there. 
So. Right. Yeah, I, I think there's always meant to be four books, but they only did three. And I think they, I think they like, I think one of their seasons got cut somewhere in the writing phase. Well, Nickelodeon is good for that. Uh, that is very right. true. Right. That's a Nickelodeon thing. So I think one of their seasons got cut. Um, but, and yeah, that is such a Nickelodeon thing. But they were able to get it in there. But yeah. yeah, it was very rushed. I just don't think it was forced. I think that I think it, I think it was a plan from the beginning. But otherwise, they wouldn't have Aang making googly eyes at her forever. That's fair. Forever. Uh, I'm just like, please stop making googly eyes at her. Like, there's that whole episode he's trying to make her jealous. Yeah, and then the episode where she gets sent to prison and may or may not have had a thing with Haru, and I love that Toph makes a joke about it. That was really funny. Top, like, I knew you had a thing with her room. She was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Top, all right, when you watch Top, that scene, Top is my favorite says, no, it didn't way. happen. Watch Top's face because she's kind of smirks like, oh, you're <laughs> lying mm-hmm. right now. You're right. lying. Right, because Top can hear, hear everything. Yeah. Top might be my favorite character out Top of the Avatar series. Like, Oh yeah, Toph's great. It goes. Yeah. I love Toph. I love Cora yeah. and I love Toph. Like that. And Asami. Also, we get to see Aang's kids in Korra. And we learn that Which Aang is, is a shitty father. He's a I terrible know. father. Horrible father. But I always had a feeling Which, he was I mean, a terrible father. I mean, you got to think about it. Kind of grew up without one. You didn't have <laughs> Like, like he, he wouldn't have been the best. I bet Zuko was a great dad. <laughs> oh, I bet Zuko was a great dad. Well, that that's what his kids and grandkids say. They talk about their caring, loving grandfather. I love Zuko. Because <laughs> Zuko, Zuko had an example of what it meant to be a father. He had Iroh. He had Iroh, and then he had his own father, where he literally had this is a monster. Like this is a monster. This is a loving father. Like. Right. Zuko had like bad, good. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. And I mean, Aang, his own father his face. Right. And Aang, we learned through his kids, once Tenzin was born, the youngest, he was like, oh, I have an airbender son. Yes, I'm going to teach you all the things and neglected his other kids. So they yep. end up acting out. And Tenzin feels jealous because he feels, or not jealous, feels bitter because dad always pushed me so hard to do this and that's reflected in Tenzin's parenting because he is a loving caring father because he had an example of what a bad father is with and all of the them th- children one of the through lines through all four seasons of Korra is Tenzin is a good dad doesn't Tenzin have like five kids <laughs> Pema's pregnant in the beginning and I think she's pregnant at the end at the end yep at the end so, too yes, he has five kids five kids Right, and she keeps getting pregnant with these babies. <laughs> Look, man, <laughs> you got you got you got to do what you got to do, man. Ain't the Avatar ain't gonna be a build itself, baby. Air <laughs> <laughs> nomads ain't gonna repopulate themselves, baby. We on a mission. <laughs> on a mission. <laughs> we need these air nomads. <laughs> There's only us. And also, it. It was kind of jarring hearing J.K. Simmons be a loving father and not a piece of shit. Like, that was jarring. Fair. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh. Fair. Okay. okay. I know we're saying Tenzin, but like, thank you, Final Fantasy fourteen. All I'm hearing is <laughs> that one boss fight with the Phoenix, and she's like, Tenzin! Yo! <laughs> His name is Tenzin in the... In the Sacred Beast quest line. Wow. <laughs> so every time I just keep thinking of the Phoenix, because she just keeps yelling his name throughout the whole fight. I just keep thinking of the Phoenix going, Tenzin! Um, all right. Also, the they don't touch on this really in the show, but in the comics, his daughter is Pan as well. <gasps> I didn't know that because I don't read the comics. I didn't even know there were comics. Yeah, there's comics. Um, His daughter is Pan. That makes me happy. Okay. I've talked about as much as I can without spoiling stuff. Uh, Aaron, do you have anything you would like to add before we get into spoilers? No, I'm ready. I'm actually ready to spoil. I I got some stuff. What we could could do is have uh, have an episode point part two. And then spoil the shit out of it. I mean, you the host. Part, I was good. Because I mean, that'll also get, let me give me time to rewatch everything, so I can drop hella bombs. Hey, you know what? I mean, I you, think you that's don't. Fair. Yeah, you. I mean, you don't want this running everything, boss. More content for you, boss. I love content. You know, we're a cartel. Car, we're a content farm right now for you, boss. Content <laughs> cartel. Yes, just give me content because I literally haven't built a docket for two months. Listen, I'm I'm just a guest of a guest of a guest. I ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Guess that y'all, shit. y'all don't even know I'm here. How I'm a ghost. How are cartels functioning in this era of Verona? Perfectly fine because they're cartels. Well, no, I'm serious. Like, do do you just call into be like one eight hundred cartel? Uh, I think one of the cartels has been handling medical supplies. Wow, probably have. I would believe that. I would believe that because well, this is the okay, world we live in. You know, we have to remember that a lot of the like gangs and cartels and stuff actually started up because governments were shit. Yes. So when you know they started up and governments were shit, they were actually like being both good to the community and problematic at the same time. But they were still like here making sure people were fed, making sure people had water and supplies and jobs at the cartel killing people and (laughs) you know you know what i mean and then next thing you know it just is you know shit is elaborating and it gets worse over time well yeah i mean some of that's happening right now communities are in need and the government is shit and cartels are here to help i say that with my um near face (laughs) <laughs> hey y'all, that y'all is, gotta go watch her. Face. Y'all gotta, I mean, y'all gotta watch them play near y'all. Like, it's it's the funniest shit ever, Bacon. Because you sit there and you literally just stand there with your mouth open for like five minutes at a time. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's so good. Cause that's how I played the game. <laughs> I'm just listen. The last stream wasn't that bad. All of because like now I'm on playthrough. Let's okay. We're gonna talk about near now. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm very excited about this, guys. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> he has been shaking with excitement ever since I said I, I got don't know. But hey, 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 I don't know about shaking now. Shaking's a bit much. Maybe just a, a hard smile might be more 
along those lines. No, nah, dog, you vibrating. Okay. I'm actually, my leg is actually shaking right now. Yeah, actually. I know. I know. <laughs> I yeah, no, stop kidding yourself. Sorry about um, that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie to myself anymore. Hey, listen, it's your, it's your, it's your, it's your cause. It's your cause. It's your game. Listen, uh, to be to, to be fair, this game is literally one of my five favorite games of all time, and it's moved into my top three. And as somebody, if anybody knows how much I cherish and really appreciate gaming, they got to know how much that means. Like, that's not something I take lightly. So I am very excited to see Bacon play play all of Nier. This is great. Um. Okay, so... I have this amazing new computer. Like it is amazing. Um, what it am is I? Really, your stream <laughs> looks really good. Like it's crazy. It it looks so good. Um, it's like I can't emphasize that one of my friends helped me build a custom machine specifically so that I could do broadcasting and broadcasting while gaming, and also so I can do uh, graphic design. So I am for computer tech nerds out there. I'm sure you understand what kind of computer I'm talking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's very pretty. And it's, it's, it's also very pastel pink. There's lots of pink. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, so I got this new machine and I'm just like, I've been wanting to play near and I've been wanting to stream it, but I needed a new computer to stream it because like I needed to have a capture card. And capture cards, internal capture cards have a much lower latency than external capture cards. And um, my computer cannot handle, my laptop could not handle any latency issues. There's already all kinds of problems. So new machine. And then like, you know, I like turned on my computer, saw that there is literally no downtime on startup even with a variety of programs on it and i went i think i'm gonna download near for my computer i think i'm gonna play it for my computer (laughs) and voila (laughs) here we are so i'm starting to stream here and aaron bap has been literally vibrating the entire game so i know i I know near top to bottom like i when you said where you were i knew exactly how many quests you had done like i know that game top to bottom at from the back of my hand i know almost every line hard ass i am on side quests oh well no i i wasn't worried about the side quest because i knew what was going to happen so i was like well you'll be fine yeah i'll I'll just keep keep hitting side quests until i hit a wall yeah, that's I'm, you'll you'll be. I was, that's why I was like, you'll be fine. It's like no, I just want to go over here. Um, but yeah, the game is a lot. I have beaten my first playthrough, which means I'm like <laughs> not even a fourth of the way through the game, and it's a lot. There's a lot of um, WTF moments, like right off the bat. It's a lot. It's, 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 it's a lot of you. You'll understand more as you play it. Yeah. Right. So like that's 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 the best thing about it. Basically, the first playthrough is really world building. Um, and at the end of the first playthrough is when it starts like kind of getting in with the philosophical questions. But it the, that part of it's not really hitting until after like 
in part two as you find more information? Yeah, part part two is definitely where you start learning, like, wait a minute. There are some things in here that I'm learning about this on this second playthrough that I definitely did not know about on the first one. And honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I won't. I wouldn't even call it a second playthrough. I would. Yeah, no, it's yeah. That's wrong to say that. Yeah, I think Absolutely. I think second playthrough is a bit misleading. I think it's um first story and second story. Right. Because right. each playthrough, you're essentially going to be playing through different perspectives. So. Yeah, completely different dialogue too. Yeah, and there's completely different dialogue. Like, the, like there are parts where I was just like, what the hell is 9S doing in this area? And now I'm playing as 9S, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, 9S is going through some stuff over here. Those, they don't, Bacon doesn't understand why I say 9S is, I, that I hate 9S. And you, you will find out that I despise 9s even if you like 9s and you you can have a reason to like 9s can you can you he's the, he's the least likable he's one of the least likable characters i've he's ever one i've ever met in any game oh, no. likable. for me he's just annoying like a teenager he mm. just sounds yeah oh, yeah that's fine yeah okay. there was a period of time <laughs> where I, that felt exactly the same way for a while and like i said you've still got about 50 more hours of a story <laughs> so yeah you, you're right you're in the right place at the right time i'll just say mm-hmm. that one. right like so like i'm sure stuff is going to be happening yeah. but at the moment he's just an annoying teenager also so. shout out to 14 for halfway spoiling near in their first raid listen i d- now do y'all see why i was so excited i Yo. was like wait a minute they are pulling directly from near no, like, this I'm is actually, story listen i am very thankful for uh, oh yeah, yeah i am extremely thankful for the angles boss fight because i knew what mechanics were before hilarious I <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know when he raises his arms up, I got to go up close. Yeah. 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 And uh, I I do have to say, like, those fists, though, are much more dramatic in here. Like, it's so, Mm -hmm. it is so slow in Final Fantasy 14. Like, going from near to Final Fantasy 14 copied factory, I'm just like, I can, I'm like, how do people miss, how do people not dodge these attacks? They're so slow. Yo, so I was I was watching. I never forget the day they said that Nier was going to be on Final Fantasy fourteen. I literally messaged Dose at like seven in the morning. It was like, well, they got me, and I just sent him a text message like, look, here it is. I'm I'm playing Final Fantasy fourteen now. Thanks. Couldn't he has, help it. Has he even done the Nier raid yet? No, yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't. Right. I haven't touched. No, I have not touched one part of it. We've been doing Ivalice. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Let's finish. Let's finish Ivalice. So we can get you in the copied factory. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I'm like, I'm like, he has the gear. He can live. Yeah. I mean, I could have done the copied factory last time we ran, but. And somebody I, make I, him, can somebody make him finish getting all of this like quest. <laughs> <laughs> This nigga is rushing through Final Fantasy fourteen to play copy to do copied factory. He hasn't done copied factory and still can't fly in t- in two different expansions. Three. <laughs> I can't fly. I literally have I I, I have eight cor- cor- I have eight currents for like maybe ten places. <laughs> literally, literally beaten 
the all of the quests, done everything, and he still can't fly. Uh, I will say just partly. My my favorite near related moment. Um, I was doing Copy Factory with my brother for the first time, and I was the with boss, you. Yeah, and he was like, "Why is Nine S fighting us? Isn't he supposed to be a good guy?" The whole alliance. Oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> That that was act that was really funny. That was really cute. They're like, oh, you haven't played near yet. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. It's cool. Just don't worry. Just don't worry. It was really cute. Yeah, bacon. I, I bacon almost got me. I felt so bad. I was like, because uh, I had mentioned something, and I'm not gonna mention it here. It's not a big spoiler or anything, but I mentioned it in the chat. I don't know if it just didn't. You didn't hit two and two together. But I felt so bad, like, oh, my God, I think I spoiled something. And I disappeared. Like, the fact that I know so much about that game leads me to try and tend to be quiet about it because there are so many different, like, draw uh, jaw-dropping moments. Well, I, like, I the, do, end, the I end of the first that. Simone, the second Simone fight, when it goes to words, that's totally unexpected. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that I definitely have some ideas on where things are headed, and I don't think I'm wrong. Um, and I'm not gonna, no, I'm not gonna say my guesswork out loud. I don't do that. Um, but like, even some of the stuff that I knew was going to be happening in like this first story, and even through the second story, um, even though like. They were right. I was still just like, my eyes just like bugged out. I'm just like, oh, I was right. The, oh my God. The, <laughs> for me, it's the copy factory, right? So like seeing the seeing you run the copy factory for the first time or running the factory, not the copy of the factory, running the factory for the first time. And when you get to the robot coat, I was like, ah. That's the face. That's the good <laughs> stuff right there. I was like, mm. where the hell did this <laughs> come from? And like, like, part of it that I've noticed is like the robots are picking up on specific human things mm-hmm. and are like, that is what their whole embodiment is. Like, you have these pacifist robots who they're they're not going to fight. They are they they are not going to fight. Um you have these religious cult robots. The fuck? You have these amusement park robots that are just like fun, fun, fun. And I can't think of the other robots because I got stuck on the cult robots and them jumping into the fire committing suicide and I'm just like, oh my god, that whole area. I was just like, So what? you attack you you were so uh ready to attack the to attack the tank. What that tank do to you? All that tank wanted to do was have fun. Balloon guy. I didn't he want just to- wanted to have balloon guy. No, I He's didn't shooting want balloons. To- I didn't want to attack the tank. The I game- mean the tank didn't attack you? I didn't want to. The game literally wouldn't let me. I feel so bad. And that's the thing, too, is, like, I genuinely feel bad because, like, this is the kind of person I am when I play video games. Like, like my real-life moral compass, like, 
affects how I play video games. So, like, I can't go on murder sprees in video games. I, I literally can't. Like, I, I, I do not like that. Um, I, I would I would look again. That that tank didn't attack you. I'm just I saying. I'm just saying. Horrible <laughs> for attacking that tank, and I didn't want to attack the tank, and the game was giving me no other option, and I'm just like, I don't want to attack the tank. <laughs> it's always an option, Bacon. Remember that. Always an option. I looked around the <laughs> for the option. I looked so hard. But no, I so you're, you're enjoying Nier, is what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a good game. I knew I was going to like it. Good, good, good. Um, But, yeah, I'm just like, I don't want to attack the tank. I don't want to attack any robots that aren't attacking me. I mean, balloon guy is just shooting out balloons. He's a balloon guy. Balloon guy! He's just balloon guy. And then robot on break is just sitting there smoking a cigarette. He's on break. Just yeah, I didn't, I hanging left, out. I left him alone. Yeah, he's just sitting on break, oh, relaxing. He's, just, he's fine. Just and had a hard day. Then there's the other balloon guys. They're fine, too. Oh, yeah. That other balloon guy with the balloon boy. Yeah. yeah. The balloon family. Balloon yeah, dad. The balloon family. The balloon, the balloon dad, the balloon mom, the balloon kid. They're so cute. Yeah, no, I don't want to attack robots. I really don't. And that's why, like, I was actually kind of happy I got to save robots from other robots who wanted to kill them. I'm like, don't kill them. But I just called, what are you doing? I was like, I was really affected, like, by that whole area, especially because, like, there's, you know, religious cult robots that their whole premise is they want to become God. And become as gods. Become as God. And to do that, they must sacrifice themselves to become as God. Like, that's how you do it. And um, they were also killing each other and killing. Um, I'm still trying to figure out why those other robots were eating people. Um, They're also trying to, uh, like, yeah, kill the other robots. But there were. Other robots who, you know, were part of the religious cult were like, this isn't how you become a god. You don't become a god through death. And they're like hiding and like afraid and cowering. And I'm like, no, robots, no. I must protect. This can't continue. This cannot continue. This cannot continue. And then there's like the the desert robots who keep saying this cannot continue. And I'm just like, what? I feel so bad for you. I don't want to fight you. <laughs> but you're attacking me. Also, why are robots eating people? <laughs> why not, are robots eating people, Bacon? That I is the question. I'm not. I'm not far. I'm not far enough in the game for that one yet. But I. I still want that answer. I'm like, why the fuck are they eating people? So we have some cannibal robots. Then we also have the. Oh yeah, we have the robots in the forest who are trained to protect their king. And this cannot continue was a bop. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have we have the the robots in the forest who were who are trained to protect the king, but they're not actually like protecting the king per se. They're protecting the king's gravesite, which I thought that was really fascinating. And again, a superhuman thing. Um. 
so it, it was it's just kind of interesting to see the robots like emanating like extreme um human perceptions and feelings and stuff although again not with the eat not not with the eating people and not with the, the i mean it's just a little robot on robot action that's all it's just yeah it's you know the funny thing is, is i name every episode before i start streaming it and i said like what about robot on robot violence for that one and like that was so fucking accurate yeah that's all it is <laughs> that's the most accurate twitch and of course, like the one where I said, do robots even have a complex? And then it gave the backstory for, I feel like I'm being prophet, like um, being like a prophet in <laughs> my own near experience. <laughs> because the, epi- the, the stream where I fought Simone, but it actually went into the reasons as to how Simone became like this giant, murderous, beautiful, screaming Bot that hacks in at androids and uses their bodies to try and kill you. You know, playing that two times, it's still creepy. Mm-hmm. That that one, I'm like, that did not stop being. That's another thing too. It's like even even in like the second story, it doesn't stop being creepy. So that I think a lot of that, what helps the creepiness as far as the is the soundtrack, right? Like. Janae Renee was one of the vocalists on there, and it it feels like a black woman is singing to you, right? Like it it feels it's there's a soul in that those songs that you normally don't hear from video games, and I think it affects the way you perceive the gameplay in a lot of ways. Um. I think Nier does um, isolation better than yes. most survival horror games. Um, you feel, and the thing about it is feeling isolated doesn't require you to be by yourself. Um, it just requires, isolation is a tone and a mood. It is a vibe, as they say. And it is, it it's hard, it's hard to do. It's actually one of the great failings of Western Silent Hill for example. Because you never feel isolated. You feel sometimes like you're by yourself, but you don't feel isolated. It, it does. It does. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Josh. absolutely not. What were you going to say? Well, well, I think it does weary in a way. And what I mean by weary, I mean, and y'all have heard me talk about near a thousand times, but um, when it comes to weary, not necessarily the game itself, but the player. Like, you get tired playing that game. Like, you can't mentally play a lot sometimes, you know. Um, and apparently, I'm in a meteor shower. That's my little girl. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, <laughs> so, w- when it does those type of things really well, you feel tired. Um, like there was a point in that game where I wanted to quit. I was like, there, there is absolutely no way I am continuing on. And at that moment, probably an hour later, it, it went on, and I was like, oh. It did this on purpose. These breaks are on purpose. These stops are in, on purpose. And you don't see that type of um, cohesiveness between gameplay and game design 
a lot of times. And I, I just really appreciate that out of that game. I'm sorry. I, I've thought about that a lot. No, it's true. Um, a lot of times a game trying to show isolation will just leave you in a, leave you by yourself and it's not isolation. And games try to do this. Some games tell, fall. And you can tell when some games lose a thread. Uh, Evil Within 2, as I was mentioning earlier, it starts off isolated and then kind of loses the thread a little bit. Um, that happens a lot. Um, the Division, funny enough, has a really funny tick where you'll be in... Um, where the division is trying to do the isolated thing and you'll play a hard level and they just tend to push you out back into the street and there's just nothing there. And it's like, if they did isolation really well, all the noise of all the gunfire then going into isolation would be great because that's what Nier does. Nier gives you all this nonsense and so it just leaves you out there in the middle of the field just there with some music and some robots who may or may not notice you and also may or may not care that you're there. You know what I mean? And it does it everywhere it goes. It feels, it feels alive and, un- and uncomfortable. And it just a lot of games that are trying to do um, uncomfortable, um, unnerving isolation don't do it very well. Yeah, so. it does. It does. I wouldn't say shock is really like I can't say like it's big on like shock moments, but it it really hits the unnerving really hard, like unnerving and unsettling. Right. And um, like one hundred percent just like falls that way. I mean, there's robot sex in the first thirty minutes. Okay, like that's the kind of game we're playing. Yeah, and like I believe this was my robot sex face. I was just like, "What? Uh, okay, okay, we have robots having sex, and then they have a robot child." I think I was. I think I was streaming it, and the um, I was streaming it, and the robot sex. Um, I lost Erica. That they were watching, <laughs> and uh, Erica then never watched me play near ever again. <laughs> I lost them completely on that scene that the robots have the sex, and then, the, and, then the, and then the K-pop boys come out, and then it's just it, they were like, "I'm good, thanks." <laughs> oh yeah, the naked K-pop boys do come out. You're J-pop. Okay. J-pop there's boys. Ma- there's massive difference. I'm not there's- saying there's not. I am adjusting to say J-pop boys because also I don't want to hear the differences. I don't. I'm tired. I will just accept <laughs> that there are J-pop boys, and we will save that for further content down the road. J-pop boys audience noted. I will fight you. I'm not arguing. I'm literally <laughs> stole. So I listen. Sometimes <laughs> I. It's one of those things. It's one of those things where you pivot so you pivot so easily people think you're making fun of them. <laughs> you're like, "Oh. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't I don't need to, I don't need to I don't need to hear a treaty. You you would know more about J-pop and K-pop than I would ever be able to consume in the next two decades." So if you're like J-pop actually, then I'm like, "Oh, word. It's like listening to your doctor. Fuck do I know about how lungs work?" <laughs> it's true. My random obsessions with the how. Yeah, it's true. People would be quizzes. Yeah, no, 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 nigga. If you a doc, if you a specialist, you telling me about how certain parts work. What the fuck, I know about certain parts. Tell me about how like hamstrings work with fucking relation to quads and your fucking <laughs> muscles and your fucking hip. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, cool. 
Jared just said Aaron is tired and racist. <laughs> I li- I I'm I listen. That's the thing. I'm I, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to I'm here to learn more. Listen, I just started. I literally I <laughs> literally just started paying. I literally just stopped raising my eyebrow. K-pop when they started donating to Black Lives Matter. Like so, my my personal unfettered enjoyment of K-pop is like four days old. So yeah, there's a big old blind spot. I'll own that audience. Huge blind spot. I'm working on it, it though. Your enjoyment before that was all John Cena and uh, Seventeen. It was it was some songs here, but I always thought it was problematic for a long time. I, I, Yo, oh no, it's wildly problematic. <laughs> so. You have had your J- Japan uprising here in the last couple of years between anime and now you you watching you playing jrpgs again you know what it like is. your whole eastern thing is going strong you know right what now. it is is i just stopped ta- i stopped taking it so seriously i still oh, think yeah. i still think yeah, the yeah. storytelling is utter nonsense i think near is utter nonsense but i oh, realize yeah. Yeah. that there is a skill in how you deliver that nonsense and there's a certain point of it where it's cultural and i'm just not it's just not for my black ass it just ain't so it's like, oh, and so Nier I, also does nonsense with like if you go and like look at the philosophy behind the nonsense, it no longer becomes nonsense. Mm. It's like another layer to it. But you have to dig for it because right. but all you're like, seeing is big giant robot fights at first. So, right. This but is I like, also like I've OK, I've been I am a recovered weeb. <laughs> so I'm like very, very used to um, uh, the narrative style in JRPGs and a lot of the philosophy behind them. And I used to be really annoying with like I used to I used to be one of those people like hardcore about it. So like there's some stuff that. Like I, there's stuff that I'm picking up just because I understand the type of storytelling it is. You, you, you know, what I, you know what I think it is also is I think as I was younger, I wasn't hearing any of the stories I wanted to hear. So I didn't want to hear any of the extra stories. So I wanted to hear I wanted comic books to be written a certain way. I wanted to see stories of black people. I want to see more stories of women in it. Right. Um, all everyone ever had from me was like nonsense anime. Like I was like, oh, I wish it was this story. And then it was like shittily written comics weird games where all the women have their vaginas out weird <laughs> and fucking anime and i okay, was like I and growing I, up i was like this all sucks and i think i resented i resented the idea of being presented with all these alternatives that are shitty and not what i asked for but now there are so many stories that are so well written that that are that are that have my sensibility just as like as a person who who just is a just is a preference as a black person, I'm, I'm, I see them now and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Okay. Well, having, having been actually served a meal that I want, like any part of the meal that I want, like I was like, had like a burger and fries and a shake and everybody's giving me everything but, so I'm like, fuck food. <laughs> then yeah, I'm, I've, I've, the, the, I've definitely pumped the brakes on it and I'm just like, oh, sure. All right. Let's do some near. What do we got? Monster Hunter. What is this? Tales of Akira whatever sure there was that one about the war there was that real-time strategy game about the war i wanted to get i forgot what it was called you have to be more specific fuck i gotta look it up yeah um and i grew up basically being told 
those don't exist. Right. I was very like, resentful of that. Like, like nobody like handed me something else. They just said no. Like there, there was nothing. There right. was so there, there, there was nothing. So I'm just like, let me go find something. Right. And even when I'll I saw from somewhere. Right. You know, it's just I just. Anywhere. You know. I had a I had a deep I had a deep seated resentment of our lack of representation that I've been able to put the put the rest because now our stories are being told. So sure, tell me any stories. You tell me those robots fucked and fucking J pop boys came out, you right. Let's go. We in there. Where are we? Where are we from? Space station? What are we, cyborg? What happened? A dragon What happened? A dragon fell from a dragon fell through a dimensional portal and <laughs> died in Japan and the and its remains gave everybody a disease that ended the world. Word? Okay, cool. You right. Oh, I do have, I do have to say one of my other favorite things is that all the humans look like shit in near. There are humans in that game. I, I was I, that was I was gonna let I was gonna let that slide. I was gonna let I was gonna let it slide because I think we need. I, I, yeah, I think we need to. I think we just need to leave it at that because uh, there is some stuff that. Bacon has not read. Oh, Remember, that, I'm on play. I'm on story two. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's just leave that one alone. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, it's 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 in it's in the first two episodes, but you so, just haven't read something that will make things clear. Aaron, is the series you're thinking of Tales of Cold Steel or Valkyria Chronicles? We like you have a tank. Yeah. Real time strategy. Yeah, yeah, Valkyria Chronicles. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But what what I'm saying is. Everything outside of a main character looks like awful. It's all rough. Yeah. Uh, I have a general rule about the game. I have a general rule. Uh, I feel the way about control that Bab does about Nier. So now when people tell me about control and haven't finished it, I just go, yeah. Yep. Yep, control is one of those games too. It's like, I agree it's with like, you. I was like, oh, people are like, yeah, man, you know, I was doing this part of control and I got like the bagel, right? I made the cream cheese bagel, yo, is it everything bagel? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, that bagel's cool. <laughs> that crazy. Some things you just gotta let people discover yeah. on their own. <laughs> also, Jared, I don't appreciate that uh, that Code Geass reference. That still oh. hurts. That that still hurts. That Nippon Banzai, yeah, uh, La Luz. It's cute. I also love how the movie pretends like the saddest death of the series just never happened. Yeah. Like the movie's like, hey, it was this character that died. Are they going to contribute to the movie? Nope. Just wanted yeah. to show you that they were alive. You need to play Control and Near. We're here to make you spend your money. Um, I mean, how many people have bought a Switch because of bacon? Let's... I mean, yeah. I mean, Apparently, I'm a Switch hustler. If you don't have the money, out. if you don't have the money, just get an Xbox, baby. <laughs> Control will be there in like two months. No Man's Sky is on on Game Pass now. We're not talking about No Man's Sky. We're talking about that's, Nier and Control. What I'm saying is what we oh. should do, what we're going to have to do, because um, we right, have... Like flowers? Right. Is that we're going to have them make a note, which I've made, because I'm can, a professional. Can, can I show you my rose-scented... Um, Manic purchase that I don't remember. There's a rose scented manic purchase that needs to be seen on an audio program. I'm interested. Yes. All right. Because I'm going to describe it. Okay. Look, 
Also, I'm going to go to Wonga's Island. Look, I got a switch case for my switch. And it is super pink. And blue. <laughs> and pink. Have you been playing Animal Crossing this whole time? I have been playing Animal Crossing this whole time. Of course. <laughs> and then look, I have my games. And because it's like super Japanese, um, the the product freshness package thing smells like rose. And it's super pink and it has a cat paw in it. We have post pictures of this online. And even the zippers have cat paws. I don't clearly I was having a bad day. And I don't know where I found this. But apparently I bought it. That looks fun. But it smells like Rose. Now my Switch smells like Rose. And yes, I've been playing Animal Crossing this whole time. I don't know why you thought I wouldn't be playing a game yeah, this Bacon, whole time. Bacon is, I can't recall the last time Bacon has recorded a program not playing a video game during the recording. No, that's right. I can't, yeah. So, the next time we all convene, uh, Legend of Course, all the yeah, spoilers. Yeah. Uh, We're giving everybody a chance. Actually, I need one too. One of the reasons why I said very little is because I hadn't watched Legend of Korra in several years, and I was just leaving leaving the floor to people who just watched it. But if I get a chance to watch it, fuck yeah, yeah. All right, so if you want a chance to watch it, it is on CBS All Access. When you're done watching your Star Trek, you can go see season one and two on CBS and then, All and then cancel. <laughs> exactly. Um, unfortunately, if you want seasons three and four, you have to go to Amazon Prime and buy their Nickelodeon channel. But if you bought their Nickelodeon channel, you can watch all four seasons, all right? Yes. Okay, yes. fair enough. I'll just do that then. Wait. Okay, so you have to buy the Nickelodeon CBS. You have to do CBS and then buy the Nickelodeon channel? If you go through Prime and just buy the Nickelodeon channel. Oh, okay. I'll just do it that yeah. way. I hate giving yeah. Amazon more of my money, but they get all of my money in whatever form they can anyway, because I live here. So And they own everything. And they get my tax money. Yeah, they own your government. They literally Amazing. own my government. And you should listen to the ADD Space episode about how Amazon owns the government in the state of Washington that we did two years ago, a year and a half ago. year and a half ago. Please, for the love of God, listen to that episode, because... I'm losing my mind. Um, Amazon does not own the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, however. No, it does not. Oh, it does not own Chaz. Um, also, we have, um, I have friends who are inside. I, I don't leave my apartment. I'm immunocompromised as hell. Um, so, like, I'm, like, I would love to go out and protest. So, this is my best way of protesting is just yelling that. Uh, white people are trash into a mic. Um, so, but I have people who live in Chaz, like they, like this is happening right outside of their apartment and friends who are going and visiting and the news is just being an ass about it. It's n like Cal Anderson Park is still dangerous, but it's been dangerous since the tech bros moved in from Belltown. Um, and brought the crime with them. And since, you know, the local uh, uh, housing residences have been just raising their rents and people have been losing their places where they can live. So, yeah, yeah, Cal Anderson is dangerous. So it's not any more dangerous now that the police are gone. They weren't doing anything to begin with. 
Um, but it is safer to walk around since, you know, people aren't just randomly attacking you for being gay. And uh, I'm not better. And um, uh, there's community gardens right now and some wonderful, very lovely, creative white people graffiti. White people can't do graffiti here. Their, their way of tagging something is like a cartoon whale. But I, they're I, trying. No, no, it, it literally there's a tag and I can usually tell I'm like, that's a white person. Hmm. <laughs> but I also grew up where like graffiti is actually like a serious thing. And when I mean serious, I mean a serious art form. To Americas. Right. <laughs> like I people see graffiti and like, you know, on the side of buildings or like wherever the hell else. And they're just like, Meh. and I'm like, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful work of art. <laughs> Hex is like, I appreciate the effort. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's a lot of good work. I have <laughs> someone likes Doctor. <laughs> I love graffiti. I think it is great. I have I have zero issues with graffiti when it's done well and respectful. And there's actually a massive like code around graffiti and like doing graffiti art. There's like a whole code of rules, which is how I can tell if it's a white person. Because white people don't know them rules. They're usually tagging over each other's shit, which is against the rules. Rules are guidelines, really, when you're privileged. <laughs> motherfuckers don't believe in contagious viruses. I don't believe in contagious viruses. But, oh yeah, and apparently most people are masked. So the news saying that people are just walking around there unmasked, that's most people are masked and they're handing out free food. So well, we'll you... see how that goes. Okay. But it, it's not what the news is saying it is. Also, um, I also want to mention that the police abandoned it. They abandoned the precinct. They weren't pushed out. Hilarious. They threw a temper tantrum and said, we're taking our ball and going home. No, they literally threw a temper. And they even were caught. There's even like audio on the scanners basically saying that. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's not true. So take it from somebody who lives here, because I live here, and um, there's like, so it's interesting. Um, the world is on fire, and uh, part of my city has declared independence. Although, like, organizers here are getting really irritated because they feel like the um, the Black Lives Matter messaging is getting lost in the uh, Chaz thing, which, of course, it is. They're like, oh, my God, look at what Seattle's doing. And it's just like, yeah, Seattle's doing this because Black Lives Matter, because. I mean, we've been protesting at that precinct for six, seven years now. Everything's come to a head. Oh, uh, I also, in the, since before we leave, before we cut it short, I do have to say um, Riot Games came out with their own Black Lives Matter thing. Um, they can go screw themselves. On that note, we can leave.
Have a pleasant day. Oh, 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 now. Oh, now you want to leave, huh? Bye, everybody. And here's your weekly reminder that the most delicious name in podcasting is also the most delectable name in the art world. Visit etsy.com slash shop slash lost in pandemonium for the latest prints, posters, bookmarks, notepads, and more from our very own bacon. That's etsy.com slash shop slash lost in pandemonium. It reminds me of an ancient African proverb. Help bacon by cake.